0: Good That's John this <clears throat> Last week we talked, we went through the first four verses of First John, and talked about how John uh, pretty much was telling his audience uh, that you know. They, they needed to listen to him they needed to hear him uh, because of the, because of the fact that he had been with jesus uh, you know he knew what he was talking about in other words and uh, and he he exhorted his audience to, to take heed to him and as we covered briefly last week uh, we got to remember this was the first century church uh, uh, there was still a, a lot going going on there was a lot of uh, false teachings that were already infiltrating the church, and this would have been one of the reasons that John was uh, saying the things that he was. As far as, uh, as far as you know, listen to what I have to say. I spent time with the man. I've, I've, uh, I've been been with him. I've spent you know three plus years with him. And if anybody anybody has a right to say anything about him, you know, John wasn't saying it arrogance at all but he was saying you need to listen to me and not these other folks uh, that are coming in with these false teachings and of course in verse 4 he said that he wrote these things to them that their joy might be full so he he gave us all kinds of of what's there in the first three verses then he gave them the why he wrote them that their joy uh, might be full so that being said we'll pick back up in first john the first chapter uh, in verse 5 says this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all and we we need to stop here and, and consider what the first line of this this then is the message and he's saying this is what I have to say to you He says God is light and in him is no darkness at all, This is a, a line out of scripture that I've quoted many times myself, uh, uh, in both teaching and preaching. But he says, this is the message that we have heard of him. We have heard this message of Jesus, of this one that, in the first four verses there, he was saying, uh, you know, my, my hands have handled the word of God. I've heard the word of God. I've seen him. I've looked upon him. Uh, in those first four verses, he said, this, uh, this is the message that we heard of Jesus himself. Now, folks, you can, you can go through the New Testament and see the words of Jesus Christ, and he's not quoted directly saying this, but this was his message. This was, this was the message of Jesus Christ that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This would have been somewhat, though, uh, if John's uh, main audience had been Jewish uh, and chances are that it was. This would have kind of been a foreign notion to them. It would have been, it would have been something odd for them to hear because they, they were familiar with God of the, of the Old Testament. God, the, the God that dwelt in darkness. The God that was up on the up on Mount Sinai, and He was covered with the thick clouds, and no one could see Him. So this was a foreign notion uh, to a Jewish audience that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. But this was the message of Jesus Christ that God is light. So even though up on Mount Sinai, when Moses went up on the mountain and, he, and the whole mountain was cloaked with clouds, and we know of the thunderings and the quakings, and even though Solomon himself, in First Kings in chapter eight, said that God dwelt in the thick darkness, even even though we know all these things, that did not change the fact that God is light. God was still light. Even before he spoke the words and let there be light, God was light then. So God has has always been light. He is light now and he will continue to be light on into the future. And in him is no darkness at all. This was the message of Jesus Christ. And this is the message that John is trying to portray uh, to these people that he's writing to. God uh, was somewhat hidden from the people. And scripture will back that up. He was hidden uh, from the people. But in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, God was revealed. And so now God is light and in him is no darkness at all. He's been completely revealed in in, in God the Son, Jesus Christ. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. There's not even a hint of darkness in God. He is pure light. He is, he's holy light. He, uh, in, in him is no darkness at all. Amen. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Back up to verse 6. We need to keep this in mind, reading the rest of this. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. In other words, he's saying, if, if we say, now listen, that word we, that includes John. John's including himself in that statement. Remember what the first four verses were all about. John's saying, you need to hear me. I've been with Jesus Christ. And he, and he goes on to say, if we say that we, have, that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. He's saying, if, if we or if anyone says they have fellowship with God, but they walk in darkness... Then they do not the truth. John's saying, "Look at the life that I live. Look at the way that I walk." Like I said, he was defending himself in verses one through three in First John, saying, "This is; these are the reasons that you need to hear what I have to say." And he's saying, "Look at the life that I live." Once again, not in arrogance is he saying these things. He's saying, "I have been with Jesus Christ. I have been with this light." I have been been with the light of the world. Jesus Christ made that statement himself that he is the light of the world. Amen. And John here is saying, I have been with that light. I have fellowship with him. And if we have fellowship with Jesus Christ, uh, we, we cannot go on in darkness. Now listen, we can stray from Jesus Christ. We can go on our little merry way. We can be on the straight and narrow path and we can take a left turn or we can take a, a, a right turn and we can go out where, where the darkness is. We can do that as Christians, but... John here says if we say we have fellowship, it's the fellowship with Jesus Christ. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, and we walk in darkness, then we lie and do not the truth. We lie and we do not the truth if we say that we know Jesus Christ. I mean, you all know people like that. They say, well, I know Jesus. Me and God's got a tight relationship. Me and God go way back. Me and Jesus go way back. I've heard people say this, but their life doesn't have any fruit of the matter. The life that they live says just the opposite of what they're proclaiming. They have no fellowship with Jesus Christ. They can't have fellowship with Jesus Christ because they're walking in darkness constantly. And you and I both know people like this. And like I said, we... as we, uh, True, blue, born-again saints of God, we can get off the path that God has set us on. And we can stray away from the light. But folks, that light, light, it doesn't mean that the light's not there anymore. That light will guide us right back to itself. It will guide us right back home where we need to be. If it was midnight here right now and there wasn't a star or a moon in the sky and there wasn't but one street lamp in all of Kingsport, everybody in Kingsport would be focused on that light. Why? Because that was the only source of it. Folks, if we, as true blue born-again Christians, as I just said, if we stray off the path that God has That's to set Lord. us on, that same light, it will guide us back to Him, it will guide us back to the light. Light, uh, and comparing God uh, to light is actually quite a, quite a wonderful thing that John is doing here. I mean, if you think, if you, uh, think about light you, and you contrast trust it or, uh, or compare it, for that matter, with darkness. I mean, what is darkness? It's nothing more than the absence of light. So if we're walking in darkness, it's because we want to be there. If we're walking in darkness, it's because we have something to hide. Wow. God God is light. Once again, that, that speaks of his holiness. That speaks of his righteousness and his purity. Uh, and this light, at some point or another, if you're sitting here born again this morning, this light shone in your heart one day. It shone in your life. And it showed you the, the deep, dark sins that nobody else in your life may have known about. It showed you what you were. and it, But it also showed you who God was who God is. And this is the message that John is te- uh, telling these people about. He says this is the message that we have heard from him. That God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. God, uh, Jesus Christ and saying that he was the light of the world that had a twofold meaning. It, 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 it had two purposes. It showed who God was and it showed what men were. It showed us that we were sinners, and it showed us that we were in need of a Savior. It showed us that we preferred the darkness. Why? Because when that light shone, and there's all kinds of scripture to back it up. You look at Jesus when he would talk to the Pharisees. He talked to them, proudful Pharisees. You look at him when they brought the woman to him in adultery. And Jesus, uh, there in John chapter 8, and Jesus just simply knelt down and wrote in the sand. He wrote in the dirt, but when he finally looked up and he said, he who is without sin, let him first cast a stone. What did they do? They left, one by one. Why was that? Because the light of the world was right there and they were running from the light because they preferred darkness. It exposed to them who they were and exposed to them what they were. This was, I said, those were Jesus's, or that was Jesus's twofold Uh, Meaning, when he said that he was the light of the world. He showed who God was. He revealed God. He was the express image of God according to the scriptures. So he revealed God, and he revealed man in doing that. But if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Folks, that's a serious statement. Why? How so? Because my Bible says that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. If we say that we have fellowship with God, but yet we walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not the truth. In other words, we're not practicing the truth. We're not not doing what we know that we're supposed to be doing. Every one of us has a conscience. Every one of us knows right from wrong. Whether we're saved or not, every one of us knows right from wrong. I knew right from wrong. I knew good and evil long before I was saved. And I knew things that I should do, and I knew things that I should not do. Uh, uh, but these things, he, uh, he says, if, if we have if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. We're not practicing the truth. What is the truth? Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way the truth and the life, according to John chapter 14. Uh, but what is this book is truth? This book gives us instructions, it tells us how to live. And if we're not doing the truth, or uh, it says we lie and do not the truth if we say that we have fellowship uh, with God but yet walk in darkness verse 7 but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us uh, from all sin this is a kind of sort of debated verse uh, in the scripture and I'll just up front tell you right now there is nowhere Nowhere in the Bible where a second applying of the blood of Jesus Christ is necessary for a born-again Christian. Nowhere is that necessary. When, when, we're, when, when we are saved, when we're born again, when we're born and adopted into the family of God, hope, What what happens then? We're sanctified, we're consecrated, we're set aside for the purpose of God and for the service of God. What happened in the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, you turn to Leviticus chapter 8, you see uh, who, who were the ones in the service of God? It was the Levites. It was Aaron and his sons. They were the ones that were set aside. They were consecrated for the service of God. And how, were they, uh, how, how was that to take place? Well, in Exodus chapter 29, God gives instructions to Moses. He says, you bring a ram, you slaughter the lamb, you take the blood of that ram, you put it on the tip of their ear, you put it on their right thumb, and you put it on the great toe of their right foot. But folks, that's the only time you read about that, other than a trespass offering, but that was not. Uh, for. That's in Leviticus chapter 14. But that wasn't for the service of God. That wasn't for the Levites. I'm talking about consecrating uh, the Levites for the service of God. And it was one time that that happened. The rest of the time that they cleansed, it was at the labor that was right there uh, in the tabernacle. They would go to the labor, which was full of water. They were cleansed by the water uh, from that point on. But never again was blood uh, on their person, on, on their being. Never again was that needed. For their service to God. Here it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Once again, we we need to consider and we need to keep in mind. He's talking about fellowship here. He's talking about fellowship. With God and with one another, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. So if we're walking with God, we're going to have fellowship with other people that are walking along with God. Why? Because we're both in the light. We're not hiding. We're not hiding. We're not uh, tucking ourselves in a closet so that the light can't get to us. Folks, I praise God for the light that the gospel shows to me that I can walk closer to Him. It wasn't just a one-time thing. That God showed me the gospel, and that was it. I thank God that he shows me the gospel every day. Every time I open the pages of Scripture, I can find the gospel somewhere in what I'm reading, and that gospel light shines uh, shines into my heart, even now, and, and shows me what, what needs to be repented of. Why? So that I can be in fellowship with him and be in fellowship with other believers, those of a like faith, those of a like mind, as I have. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. This is basically an ongoing statement that he says. If we are walking in the light. As he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. If the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you from all sin. Then you are walking in the light. And and I can have fellowship with you, and you can have fellowship with me. It's not saying, and this is is the debate of this verse here. They're saying that if we get out of the light, which is is not in this verse, but it's something that's been inserted in by certain groups. They're saying if we get out of the light, then in order to get back into the light, we're needing an extra application of the blood of Jesus Christ to do so. No, folks. That, you're saying that the blood of Jesus Christ is weak. If you're if that's if that's the way that you're seeing this verse, Jesus Christ's blood is all powerful and is powerful enough to wash away all my sins. And that's backed up by the scriptures. Once again, nowhere, nowhere in the New Testament will you find that Jesus that the blood of Jesus Christ must be applied multiple times for the forgiveness of sin. Remember, we are talking about fellowship. With God we're talking about fellowship in this particular verse with one another but but how is that fellowship obtained it's because we walk in the light as he is in the light and therefore we can have fellowship with one another keep all that keep all that in mind if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us well folks that's pretty cut and dry if we, say, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The Bible, and we've heard it quoted and preached and taught all of our lives. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. All means all. That's everybody. That's everybody has sinned. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. There is... Obviously, some people in the first century church here, and I can tell you some people right now, that believe that when we get saved, we no longer sin. And folks, that's contrary to scripture. That's contrary to what the Bible teaches. God, for whatever purpose, and his divine purpose, and his divine plan, God chose to, to allow us to continue on in our sinful flesh and our sinful nature even after we get saved. I've still got a sinful nature. You've still got a sinful nature. Even Paul himself, the man that wrote half of the New Testament, said, Oh wretched man that I am, who shall save me from this body of death? He said, Oh wretched man that I am. That was present at that time. He was calling himself wretched. So if Paul could say that after he'd done been born again, after he'd done had his encounter with Jesus Christ, what makes us think that we can't say that or that we shouldn't say that? We're all wretched, and we're all weak, and we're all in need of a Savior. I need Jesus just as much now as I needed him before I was born again. I still need Jesus Christ. He says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Don't let anybody convince you that once we're born again, once we're saved, that we no longer sin. If you think that, and anyone that does think that, they're not deceiving me. The Bible says they deceive themselves. We deceive ourselves. Not only that, he says, and the truth is not in us, if we believe that. The truth of what? The truth of God's word. The truth is man is a sinner. Man is a in a fallen state. Man man was cast off by God. Man was cast from God by God. And why was that? Because he rebelled against God. But God, through Jesus Christ, made a way that mankind could be reconciled back unto him. Reconciled means you made up, you you you're in good, good standing with one another again. I'm in good standing with God, but not because of my own works and not because certainly not because I don't sin, but it's because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ shed the blood that cleanseth us from all sin. And because of that... I can be in good relationship and I can be in good fellowship with God. And because of that, if you're born again, I can be in fellowship with you. Paul Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, what what communion hath light with darkness? Folks, we have no communion with darkness. We, We have no fellowship with darkness. Why? Because we are walking in the light. We walk in the light. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And for a for a child of God, this shouldn't be an issue. Now, what what verse did he just come out of saying that? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The very next verse, the very next sentence. That John wrote, if we confess our sins, this proves that we will have sins. This shows that we will have sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is another one of them verses that I've quoted time and time again. And I praise God that this verse is in the Bible if we confess our sins for for a born again child of God, this should come natural to us. Why? If we're walking in the light, the light is going to show us our sin and when the light shows us our sin and we've got the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit's going to point that sin out to us and we as children of God will be compelled to confess that sin to God and to ask forgiveness for it. And, and he is faithful and he is just to cleanse us from that sin and from all Amen unrighteousness and I praise God for that, hallelujah we confess our sin, he is faithful and just God is faithful and God is just not just to to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, God is faithful and just in everything that he does God is perfect he is absolutely perfect his faithfulness is perfect his justness is perfect his love is perfect. His light is perfect. On the on the opposite side of that coin, his justice is perfect. Right. His wrath is perfect. His fury is perfect. His anger is perfect. And the Bible describes God as having all of these attributes that we just listed. But they are all perfect. But He is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins not because of who we are this is something we need to to keep in mind remember in verse 5 the first verse verse that we read uh, this morning this is the message that John is bringing that God is light and in him is no darkness at all and Jesus Christ is the one that revealed God to us Jesus Christ was God almighty robed in flesh that came to this earth and, and showed men uh, exactly whom God was. He said, if you have seen, seen me, you have seen the Father. He, he exposed to the entire world during this day who God was. And continually, now, 2,000 years later, we know uh, we can see who God, who God is through the scriptures. I've never seen Jesus Christ with my physical eyes. Uh, it's never happened and you haven't either but God is revealed through his word to the entire world and Jesus Christ revealed God to the entire world through the words that he spoke and this is uh, anyway I'll stop there if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness praise God for that verse if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his truth is not in us. What I say just a little while ago? The Bible teaches that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Well, I can assure you that God is not a liar. God cannot lie. He's not a man that he could lie, according to the scripture. God can't tell a lie. He cannot sin. Uh, uh, but it says if, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us compare or, or, or couple this i should say with the with verse eight if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us go up to verse six if we say notice all these verses start with if we say If we as men, if we as women, if we as human beings say these things. Once again, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If we say these things, why, why is this so condemning? If we say these things, because the Bible says otherwise to all of these things, that's why the condemnation is. Worse. That's why in verse 10, once again, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Why? Because God says that we are sinners. The Bible says that we are sinners. Jesus Christ said himself that he came out into the world to, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He said that, He said that he came to save sinners who is sinners that's everybody that's all of us so if we say these things in other words we are rebelling against what the word of god teaches and it's not just new testament it's taught all over the old testament that that man is in a wretched corrupted state and he needs a savior and in the Old Testament, those Jews were looking forward to that Savior. They were looking forward to the Messiah to come. Jesus Christ uh, uh, comes to planet Earth, and, and, has, and he's born as a baby. He grows up through his adolescence, through his teenage years. About the age of 30, he begins his ministry, and for three-plus years, he ministered here on the earth. All these things happen, and, and in all of this uh, that we're talking about here... Jesus Christ taught that man is, man is a sinner, and that God is a saint. Amen. So if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. We're going against what the Word of God says. And folks, that's a serious offense. It's a serious offense to call God a liar. Now, I ain't saying that people that make the claim, well, I haven't committed sin. And I've heard that I don't know how many times in evangelism efforts and family. Uh, people say well I really don't feel like I've done anything that I need to be forgiven of folks that's calling God a liar because God says they have God says they are sinful by nature God says I am sinful by nature and you are sinful by nature so we call God a liar and I can promise you that God will have no part in the lake of fire he will not be there his wrath and his fury and his anger and his indignation will all be there. But God himself will, uh, will be in heaven where he has been all along. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. In other words, we don't understand the scriptures. We don't understand what the Bible is teaching about us all being sinners, about us all being in need of a Savior, about us all being in a fallen state, about us all being cursed of God. Folks, that's a, that's a serious statement. It's a serious offense to, uh, uh, to say that, that God has cursed us, but that's exactly what happened. He not only cursed man in the garden, he cursed the earth. He cursed everything. He cursed all of creation in the garden. Why do you think that the Bible says the, the earth itself groans for her rebirth? Uh, you know, just, just, as, just as our souls groan for a rebirth, the earth itself groans for a rebirth. Why? Because it was cursed of God because the entire world had become corrupted. But if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That's a serious, serious statement that John makes there. Uh, not only calling God a liar, the saying that his word is not in us. In other words, we don't understand uh, the scriptures and what they're teaching us about ourselves. Jesus Christ taught us uh, taught us, and we have his words and we have his teachings, and we have his sermons not every word that the man ever spoke I'm persuaded of that is recorded in scripture but what God wanted us to know is more than enough to show us how needful we are of a Savior. Anyway, that wraps up the first chapter of 1 John and I ain't going to get into it my got any questions or comments?